Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I can barely move around in here. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants Mobile Up. Howard Cross is back for the regular season. Mr. Cross, good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, Johnny. What's happening, man? Nothing much. It was a holiday yesterday, so Lance and Jeff, you know, they're big time, so they, they don't work on holidays. They were probably in the Hamptons or something. Yeah, so they yeah. just shipped over to today's show. They're on location. Mr. Meadow, Mr. Fiegels, how are you guys? Wonderful. I'm doing doing very well. If Hamptons is synonymous with work, Mr. Cross, then uh, <laughs> I'm all for that. But uh, something tells me it was a little bit more of the latter than the former. Uh, I think you probably got a little place yes. out on the island. A little place, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just, correct. Very minute place, Howard. Yes, very small, now, intimate. Yes. If I know Jeff Eagles, and I think I do, work for him is playing 18 holes on a Labor Day Monday. Is that correct? Uh-oh. Did we lose Jeff? <laughs> I'll answer for You mentioned golf. He got the heck out of here. I played 18 yesterday. <laughs> How'd you hit him? Not very well. <laughs> oh, I'm back. Okay, what happened there? I don't know, Jeff. I, you I, tell me. You were I don't know. It just, it just disconnected. I went into space somewhere. Well, so. Jeff, I, what I was saying is that I know hard work for you is playing 18 holes on a Monday. Is that where you were yesterday so you couldn't do your show? Yep. <laughs> no, but I actually, I was actually, I was at the dentist first, and Ooh. you know, I'm I'm dealing with this stuff as John yes. knows, but yes. but uh, yeah, I was, and I also got a chance to uh, head on down and play somewhere that is is a nice little PV. You know what that was? PV? No. Uh, I'll tell you later, Lance. <laughs> oh, sorry. It, it's, it's, big, big time. Jeff, it, Jeff doesn't want to tell the listen, little people where he played it, golf listen, yesterday. It's the number one course in America. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's PV Pine Valley. Pine Valley. <laughs> Pine Valley is in South oh, Pine, Jersey. Pine so Valley, it's, there it's we go. It's literally an hour and a half drive from here. It's not very long. No, Jeff, I understand, but you, you're giving initials. I'm not like no, so it was, it was right here. Yeah. It, it, like, everybody who plays golf was like, oh, really? Oh, Ooh. Jeff. So, Jeff got the invite. So okay. that was Jeff showing off. Yeah. Basically he, what you're telling. That was it. He yeah. was named. I don't like to show off, though, but that's okay. <laughs> I didn't play with a no, nothing. Yeah. I have you're too busy taking pictures of yourself. Mouth was killing 
I get know. no. I want no sympathy from anybody, and it's no. good. We are here, and man, I can't wait to talk about what's happening. And uh, everybody, welcome, Howard. Yes. Welcome to the show. Good thank to hear you, you. Thank you. Thank you. And you will get no sympathy from us, as you well know. Of course, know. I'm not. I'm not no. asking for it. I know Zero I would never sympathy. get it from you guys. So, Howard, let's start with you, since we haven't really heard from you, uh, at least on this show in a few months. If you've been okay. listening to the Giants Radio Network, we've heard Howard on there. Then Giants TV radio uh, TV broadcast in the preseason yep, yep. too. Uh, so, Howard, give me an idea here. What what's on top of mind for you? And this will be a good place to kind of start here and then we'll branch off top of mind for you as we head into week one of the regular season what are you thinking about what's of primary concern of you when you think about the new york football giants primary, yeah, primary concern you know as always the biggest thing is is for for the giants is depth chart uh how how well they're going to be able to, to hang in there and, and be together for the entire season and week one is going to be a big indicator of this they're playing a Really, really super physical oh, yeah, Tennessee team. You got a really physical running back who uh, is almost my size. Is going to be running the ball, so, <laughs> which is really scary. And it's just, just where, where, where do you go to school again? Uh, Alabama Roll Tide. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, but 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 all jokes aside, though, <laughs> like how much, like how are they going to hold together? How are they going to hold up if they can physically, you know, you know, compete one, but physically get through the game? Then I think the season will will kick off and they'll get things started. But this is going to be a physical mat, you know, bloodbath. They're, it's going to be very physical. All right, I'm going to follow up with you before we get to to Jeff and Lance. You talk about the physicality of the matchup, right? Yeah. And the Giants now heading into this matchup, they are going to be without Blake Martinez because they let him go over the weekend, obviously. Yeah. And they could be without both their starting edge players in Aziz Ozolari and Kayvon Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. what's the impact of someone that blocked in the run game for a long time in the National Football League? How does that impact the Giants' ability then to stop Derrick Henry over the weekend? Well, the, the, you know, the Martinez thing is, is interesting. You know, I don't know how he fit how he fit or didn't fit into Wink's uh, defense, but from a tackling standpoint, the guy getting to the ball quickly, that's going to be a big moment. You, in order to kind of stop Henry, you got to get him in the backfield. Yep. You can't let him – can't let him get moving. Can't let him get moving north and south. You got to keep him kind of, kind of going sideways, preferably backwards, if you can get it. You know, <laughs> if you get pressure. Luck. So, I, I think the big thing could be a plus for the Giants is that the edge rushers are out, and and the reason why is that a plus? Because you're going to get two guys in that are more probably more prone to play in the run than they are are superior edge rushers. Edge rushers. Uh, I don't know exactly, you know, how they're going to do it. Jihad Ward would probably be one of those guys. Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you you get guys that are, you know, they they were good good run stoppers or, or, or pretty good run stoppers, and they are developing their passing, passing. Some guys come in, they're pure pass rushers, and they have to develop you know, how to stop the run. It's just one or the other, and I and I'm assuming that the guys that are coming in second will like, okay, I'm going to focus on you know stopping the run, and I I will hopefully be a better pass rusher. It's just this how I look at it from you know uh, from a physical how you usually do things like I I could block I, you know I'll, I hopefully he'll throw me a ball or two but I will definitely block you so I will figure out the other part of it as we go and that's how you usually do it if you're smart yeah and Lance uh, we had Brian Dable speak earlier today not a ton there he basically said that uh, Ojolari and Thibodeau would still be kind of working with the trainers on the side. For the folks that don't know, today would be a normal Wednesday for the Giants. Then yep. Wednesday's a Thursday. Thursday's an off day, which is something new. Mm-hmm. And then Friday's going to be your normal Friday. So we'll better, you know, have a better idea of what you guys might be doing later in the week, Lance. But not much else from Brian Dable today that I thought was really, you know, telling or gave any hints as to, to what might be happening in week one. 
Well, the biggest news is pretty much what you hit on. It's the health and durability of this team entering week number one. Mm -hmm. Ojolari and Thibodeau were both banged up during the course of training camp in the preseason. If you don't have either one of them, to Howard's point, you're probably going to look at Jihad Ward. O'Shane Zimenez, I would say, is probably in the equation. Maybe no, Taman Fox yeah. mm -hmm. gets some looks because you know he made that big play at the end of one of the preseason games. But Quincy Roche maybe a call-up off the practice squad. Possible, yeah. correct, yeah. depending on the flexibility of the roster, which means that you know maybe as an overall group, they'll be more committed to stop the run. I mean, we know that's Tennessee's identity. But then again, remember, Tannehill does have a little mobility at the quarterback position. So you do need to account for him rolling out of the pocket. I'm just, I'm looking at what Tennessee becomes in the passing attack this season and whether or not they maybe bring Malik Willis in for a certain package, their rookie quarterback as a runner or a passer to keep defenses on their toes. Does Traylon Burks fill the void left behind by A.J. Brown, who was traded to Tennessee? Yeah. The biggest change that the Titans are undergoing is more so through their aerial attack than in terms of their ground attack. The core of Derrick Henry and the offensive line for the most part. I mean, Roger Saffold is probably the most notable loss. He went to Buffalo. But can they be as dangerous through the air with the arrival of Robert Woods and Traylon Burks? And do they open that up in week one? Or do they look to just, hey, establish the run, see if the Giants can stop that, and then maybe play off of that? That, to me, I think is a little bit of a guessing game for the Titans. And it's funny because Brian Dable was asked about this on the Zoom call yesterday where he said, do you think the Giants have an advantage since everybody doesn't know what to expect out of you as opposed to Tennessee, which is preaching continuity and stability? I would argue, I think Tennessee has a little bit of a guessing game surrounding them once again because there's all new faces and new names within this passing attack this year. Now no, they're going to run the ball. The sure. It, it, well, one hundred percent. No, but see, see, I understand what you're saying. The way the season ended for Tennessee last year, Tannehill imploded. So, but they also stopped the run, Howard. The I, Bengals shut down that rushing attack. I know, but Tannehill imploded. So, like, well, yeah, because once they stopped the run, Tannehill could not. Step he could. Up he couldn't step up and get it. He, mm -hmm. he totally imploded. So what they're going to do is they're going to go out and establish the run, and they're going to let him dink and dunk and show that he can still throw the ball, but not lean on him passing. And by the way, I think the Titans last year had the second-fewest completions of 20-plus yards in the no. league last year. So, so. It, it, it's not a – it's not the – you know, that that's not their, their mantra. They don't do that. That's now, not what they do. I'm going to throw this out there too, Jeff, and I'll throw this to you. You know, we talk about the Giants missing their two edge guys. We know the strength of the Giants' defense is in the middle with Leo and mm -hmm. Dexter, right? That's where their strongest figs. And – you know, Lance mentioned Robert Woods as a receiver. Also, maybe the best blocking wide receiver in the sport. Yeah. So I could see them, and I mentioned this on yesterday's show with Paul very briefly. If I'm the Titans, I'm running outside zone, off tackle, and mm -hmm. I'm trying to attack those edges. And these Giants edge players, whether the linebackers, the slot corner, the outside corner, wherever they run the ball, those guys, Jeff, are going to have to tackle, or it's going to be a long day. It's going to, they have to come up. Oh, absolutely. And I think if you're, you know, Don, if Martindale is going to come up with something to try to stop the run, as we just talked about. And I think that when you look at this Giants defense, I think it is a little bit of an advantage because this is not the Ravens. This is the New York Giants. It's not the New York Giants from last year. It's the Wink Martindale's defense for this year. So I think that the corners are going to play a big part in this game, being able to come up and tackle um, the safeties, those kind of guys. And, and honestly, 
I think the Giants, if they can do a good job stopping the run. Now, remember, it's going to be hard to keep Derrick Henry from, you know, getting his yards. He's, a, he's an absolutely amazing running back with a good offensive line. But, you know, if you can contain him a little bit, then have to go to Tannehill, then I think that that, that bodes well for that Giants defense. Yeah. You know, earlier when you were asking Howard a little bit about what's kind of – I'm looking at this roster and trying to figure out, you know, right now for me, I think that you hit the nail on the head with, with depth depth is a it still continues to be a problem and I think Mm -hmm. that the Giants are trying to work through things I think now that they're navigating through the salary cap and having to get under it tomorrow and all the things that they've got to go I think this guy this staff is just ready to just start playing some football and start game planning and be done with everything right I mean it just seems like every day there's something else that's coming up that they have to worry about and now it's as as Paul I mean excuse me as Howard knows that as a player when you start to get into the – you're now into the regular season preparation, it's game time. I mean, things now – if you're a rookie, you're going to – you're taking a back seat now. If you had all that playing time in training camp and in practice, you're done. You're on the scout team. You're going <laughs> to – it's now time for the starters. Step aside, boys. Here we come. And that's – right, Howard? And that's how it gets get out of my way. You guys are finished with your tryouts and all that other stuff. Now it's time for us to play some ball and win some games. And, and I'm excited about that if you're a player. Yeah, I'm going to throw another thing, Howard, before you comment on Jeff, just to add to it. It's a very different type of week of practice, right? When you're preparing and game planning for a specific opponent compared to what you're doing in the preseason when you're trying to kind of figure out your roster, right? Well, you know, in preseason and, and you know, I guess uh, all the training camp, all the pre-training camp practices, it's all situational trying to figure out, you know, okay, right. we're, we're introducing the playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're trying to figure out what we can run, what we can't run, what we run well, uh, what we can throw in on the edges of what we can develop from this. Who's running these plays well? Can we, you know, inter, you know, intermingle and bring guys in? I want one guy that, that usually plays slot to go to the outside. One guy that plays from the outside to come inside. Maybe put the tight end in slot. Maybe put the tight end on the outside. Hey, can we get the running back out there? It's all the plays you can think of that you that you're trying to get in from from the offensive standpoint. From a defensive standpoint, you got to figure out. Okay, I got three good linebackers. I got four good linebackers. I got two good linebackers. I got seven safeties. How am I going to use these guys? How am I going to get them interacting in the game and, and where I'm going to get them, get them the most play? So when you get to get all that stuff done, that's when you you it takes a lot of time, a lot of energy to get that done. Then all of a sudden, it's game week. In game week, it's focused on, okay, this is what this team has run in the past. This is what we're going to put in to defend ourselves against that, and this is what we're going to put in to attack that. That's what's more specific about it. The playbook shrinks greatly, right? And it comes very, very specific. And you start focusing in as a player. You start focusing in not so much on rookies or not rookies and all that stuff. You start focusing in who you got to play against. You start focusing it's on matchups, okay, right? Yeah, you know, I got, I got, I got to run. We're gonna run the ball inside this time. The defensive end weighs this much. He likes. He's really strong, right-handed. You start looking at all the details. This is how they got. play this formation. This yeah. is how they play that personnel yeah, you, grouping. You, yeah. Well, Tendencies. yeah, I looked at everything from like how you stood to, you know, if he's standing this way, look for this. I read the scouting report inside and out because it, it means a lot every week. Absolutely. And then uh, the other thing, too, I know there were reports out there today the Giants don't announce these things or confirm them usually, uh, but there were multiple media reports that in order to become salary cap compliant, the Giants did restructure uh, Leonard Williams' contract this week, which I think it created, a, according to reports again, created a void year, which again turns base salary in the signing bonus, spreads it over the next couple of years, and <laughs> yeah. it brings the cap number down. So now they should be fine cap-wise uh, heading into the year. All right, we got a bank full of calls, guys. Uh, Lance, bank I'll give you full. one more chance if you want to bring one other thing up before we get to the calls, or do you want to get to the calls? 
Well, the only other thing was the addition to the practice squad. They brought oh, in yeah. Marcus That's Johnson, right. and they parted ways with C.J. Board. I mean, that was the other notable transaction, and Johnson's been with a few practice squads, active rosters, and he has a connection to Brandon Brown, the assistant GM, because he started his career in Philadelphia, so they were together during that Super Bowl season in 2017, and here's another option that the Giants could eventually call up at some point this season. No question about it, and I think I'm I'm gonna take a quick look here. I'm probably gonna regret this. Mike Rowe too. Don't don't don't. But, Mike Rowe, correct. <laughs> he was with him in Indy. That's correct, Jeff. I'm yep. looking at the practice squad now, Lance. Remember we had that original group of 16. Oh, it's since, completely changed. Since yeah. then, I'm looking for the new guys. We have Wyatt Davis, Tony Jefferson, Marcus Johnson, Henry Mondo, Fabian Morrow, Khalil Pimpleton, Trent, and Chuck Wiley. So seven new guys on the practice squad compared to that original 16 already. And by the way. They might not be done. Like you might still sure. have changes coming this sure. week too. So it's a it's a constant churn well, of players to figure out exactly uh, who's going to be on that f- uh, practice squad and find fifty three. Well, Lance. real quickly, I mean, I think the other takeaway is based on the turnover. Is normally guys once they went to a sixteen man practice squad during the pandemic, the key was well, you'll bring back guys that were with you in the spring and camp. So there's the familiarity factor. Right now, there's not a lot of familiarity (laughs) on the Giants practice squad because do the math. We're talking about nine guys that were actually here during the offseason. So it's going to take a little bit of a catch-up. I'm not saying that these guys can't handle it. Some of them are proven veterans who have learned new offenses and defenses. But the familiarity factor is no longer as big of an advantage for the Giants, maybe in comparison to some other teams around the league. You've got to believe, too, that like you said, there's going to be a little bit more turnover. Some of these guys are coming up. It's just a matter of time of learning that system, right? I mean, sooner or later, Jefferson is a guy that maybe is going to, you know, who knows? Well, I mean, Tony Tony Jefferson should be pretty familiar with the system, given where he came. But I mean, you got to give him a little bit of time. But I, I think that you know, hey, this is this is an ever-ending. Ch- and by the way, <laughs> uh, go on there, Howard. You'll you'll get a kick out of this, and you'll find out what the maximum practice squad guys are making this year. Wow, I, I don't want to know. Almost <laughs> twenty grand a week. I saw it on there is as it a really? practice squad guy. Wow. Yeah. Right, you know, and, and so I, that ain't no chump change, boys. I, I actually <laughs> made a joke last week that practice squad was chump change. That is not chump yeah. change. Well, it changed a lot. I mean, yeah. from yeah. the time it, it began to now, it's like it's really amazing. And by the way, Lance, I think we had mentioned that they that like they had stopped like you, everyone's the same now, and you couldn't negotiate practice squad contracts, but you can. So I'm, I think someone said that a couple weeks ago mm. on the show. I just want to make sure that people understand yeah. that you can have different well, amounts well, on the practice more, squad. Well, more more so than anything. Anything else what you guys are talking about think about this guys joe shane and and and, and Dabble, these guys they, they know what they're looking for you know and right. i know you guys talk about familiarity with the offense or familiarity with the defense it doesn't count you're looking for the best players that if you need to call this guy up you can plug and play him and let him play and be productive especially given where this team is in their yeah, rebuild you, you want to maximize yeah, talent you don't you, you don't want you don't want guys that, they, that you're going to call up cuz they know the offense or they know the defense they got to be a good player too. yeah sure. you want you want guys to come in that can actually okay we we bring you up you're going to have some production you're going to scare the other guy when he whatever he has he's going to be trying to get back as quickly as possible cuz you're making plays did you have a couple guys that practice squatting when you were Howard and like well this guy knows the system but if he gets it in there like he's 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 going to get trapped these guys. I, I, I don't think it was practice squad. I, I, yeah. The only thing I could think of is uh, Chad. Uh, what's his last name? Oh, my God. Chad. Chad. Chad Braski. Chad Braski. I can remember like I had uh, dislocated a shoulder or something. I was going to ask you for names, but if you yeah. want to, it's yeah. up to so you. So I was, I, was, I was like all hurt and beat up and everything. And, and I think the coach at the time was like, you can't block this guy. And I turned to him. I'm like, if I can't block him, no one can block him. What is wrong with you? And he was like, what? I'm like, think that through. 
that's back when we had actually physical practice. Yeah. And we were hitting each other and going on. I had like a one arm playing. He was, coach was giving me a hard time. You should. I'm like, if I can't block him, no one can block him. Chad made a lot of money. Yeah, I didn't get any of that. He should have given me a cut of that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I think about that sometimes. Uh. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $200. $50,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 201-939-4513. Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, uh, events, experiences, pre-sales, more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, let's go to the phones here and say hello to our buddy Abdul in Minnesota. He'll lead us off. What's up, Abdul? Hey, guys. So I missed yesterday's uh, uh, show, so this is my bold statement. Uh, Daniel Jones goes for over 5,000 yards, uh, around 35 touchdowns and five minutes, sorry, 15 interceptions. All right, so we got 5,000, and that's passing yards, right? 35 and 15. Yep. 35 and 15 yep. TD interception. Right. I would consider yep. 5,000 passing yards to be quite bold. I think that would have led the NFL last year, right? If I'm not mistaken. Wow. I think 35 is really bold. Extremely bold. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, Jets <laughs> plus 25 hey, hey, in hey, touchdowns. That's why we do it. I'll just, bold yeah. predictions. <laughs> I, will, I will say this. It is bold. It is bold, but I will say this. Different different, uh, different philosophy with, with coaching and stuff. He He'll have a lot of yards. Uh, he'll, you know, from backs, uh, some tight ends, if tight ends can show up, uh, receivers, he, he's going to have a lot of yards. And I, by the way, I did have a, a bold prediction come in via the internet on Twitter uh, overnight. Uh, Orange Light Riot, 10-6, and 4-2 and two NFC East. DJ will start all 17 games. So, uh, and another one I had from uh, Thomas Kinsella on Twitter. Saquon will break Tiki Barber's yards from scrimmage record, which I believe is around 2,200 yards from scrimmage. So that would be... Hefty, needless to say. Go mm. ahead, go ahead, Abdul. All right, so that kind of leads into my uh, my next point um, about next year's salary cap. So, say everything breaks right for the uh, for the Giants. Uh, Tiki uh, uh, Saquon breaks Tiki's record. Uh, you know, Daniel throws five you know five thousand yards, thirty touchdowns. Can they resign both of them? Yeah, they should. I mean, someone they, just actually, it's funny. Someone just put this up on. Uh, Twitter this morning. Uh, the guy who runs uh, overthecap.com, uh, I think at Jason OTC it is or something like that. And I'll bring it up. He has right now, this is for next season. I'm just trying to make sure I find the tweet so I get the information exactly correct. Uh, I replied to it. There it is. So in terms of 2023 cap space, I think the Giants right now are trending to have the third or fourth most, almost, according to him, estimated around $50 million of cap space next year. That's insane. Okay. <laughs> Going from where they are now to next year, 50 Well, that's how quickly things change in the yeah. NFL. You restructure yeah. people, you lose contracts. Well, yeah. it also helps that you don't have a quarterback under contract either, which often takes up a big uh, part yeah. of your Well, and that's why uh, there's yeah. flexibility, because that would have been a placeholder there. Correct, essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And they could always give him the franchise tag, too. Yep. And my last thing, when... when uh, when is the cutoff for bringing a player up to the Packers practice squad this week? 
Because uh, I really hope that they uh, call up Roche because uh, he menaced uh, X Men, a pass rush special. He gets a beat. And I think we need a, a bigger button. I think uh, Roche would be a great call up for this week. Yeah, it's Sunday. I mean, yeah, you, you can bring up guys on game day, Abdul. So there isn't any. Oh, on you game know. day. Okay, so mm-hmm. last minute, we'll find out on Sunday who gets called up. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right, and Howard, we, we, we need you in the Todd Ed room, man. Come on. <laughs> no, Work you out. Don't. Get in there. <laughs> That's funny. You need me to tie the room for what? <laughs> <laughs> to stay in the tight end room. We know you ain't playing. <laughs> me like, I can't run out of a burning building. To put building. your poster up in the room for I, motivation. For I the younger can't guys, run Howard. out of a That's burning right. building. That's a good one, Howard. I like <laughs> that. Stay away from those, then. It's pretty good. By the way, two guys <laughs> threw for over 5,000 yards Thank you, Abdul. Last Appreciate season. the call. Just to put things in perspective. But Burrow was, and who else? No, Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. That was Oh, it. Burrow, Burrow yeah. didn't get there? I thought no, Burrow got Burrow there. Burrow did not get there. Burrow had 4,600 okay. last season. Was he hurt so. for a couple games last year, Burrow? Or no? no, Burrow played everything. Okay, he played no, everything. he missed one game, but that was because they didn't need to play in that game. Got it. Okay. That was the one got game. Got it. Yeah. For some reason, I thought Burrow was a 5,000. Okay. Yeah, uh, 5,000 is a lot. I mean, if you guys if you guys want to have a little bit of fun here, um, do you want to do you want to hear? Well, actually, I have another call. I want to get a couple more calls, and then I, yeah. can, I can give you some of the bold predictions that came in on yesterday's show. They were bold. All right, back to the phones. 201-939-4513. Yesman in New Jersey. Pearson, Yesman, hey. what's going on? Hey, how are you guys? We're uh, good. Pleasure talking to you guys. So my bold prediction is the Giants, uh, head coach Brian Babel, will win coach of the year with the 10-7 and seven record. And... I believe that the Giants will beat the Titans this week in 24-17. Your thoughts? That's a bold prediction. Yeah, <laughs> I would say 10 wins or more qualifies as well. I like the 24 points you're giving the Giants this week. That's good. That's a start to the season. I like it. That means we're scoring some points. So, uh, <laughs> but um, Well, I will you? say this. If the Giants do figure out a way to win 10 games, which would probably put them in the playoffs in the NFC, Brian Dable, I think, would be – would get yeah. coach of the year. Yeah, that has oh, to yeah. get done Votes. before that. Yeah. yeah, he'd get heavy consideration for that. Mm-hmm. Sure, I hope so. Be good. All right. Well, I, question: Have we talked about the uh, Landry being, you know, missing for the Titans? I feel like that's going to be, you know, big impact on the game. No, look, it certainly is. Look, he's one of their better defensive players. Him and Bud Dupree on the edge. You do have um, Autry and uh, Simmons inside, who actually, you know, they both had more than eight sacks last year, too. So they have other guys. But, yeah, whenever you lose one of your best edge rushers, we talk about the loss of Thibodeau and and Ojolari, right? If they can't go this week, you know, losing Harold Landry is just as big of a deal for them. Did they practice today? Uh, Brian Dable, they're practicing right now. But uh, and and we can't view practice during the season. Brian Dable said they would be out there with the trainers at his press conference. So that means thank no. you guys. <laughs> have, a right. great, uh, have a great season, and uh, hopefully I'll talk to you guys later on. Appreciate it. All right, uh, Yesman, thank you for the call. We have some open lines, folks. If you want to get in two zero one nine three nine four five one three. All right, so I'm going to give you some other bold predictions from yesterday. Uh, <laughs> let's see some ones that you guys might find amusing. So Vinny in Florida, DJ thirty two or more. Touchdown passes, similar. Tim in Charleston, uh, Tony, Wandell, and Barkley will combine for 20 touchdowns hmm. this year between the three of them. thought that was a good one. That's a good one. I like that one. Antonio Manhattan, Giants in the wild card, but Taylor will start the wild card game because DJ is hurt. 
Very specific. <laughs> I don't like, I that was don't, a specific bold prediction. I don't prediction. like that one. Very specific bold yeah. prediction. A lot of things have to happen there. Yes. And then we have uh, Ed in New York, 4-0 to start the season, and no Daniel Jones fumbles or interceptions in the first four games of the year. 50-50 on that one. I, Which, I, if you I, want to go 4-0, that probably is what's going to have to happen if you want to start the year 4-0. Well, even, even if he doesn't turn the ball over, it yeah. doesn't, doesn't ensure it's 4-0. But and I then, understand. The first one, the first call of the show with all his energy, our good buddy Big Ed in Maryland says the Giants will start the year five and zero, so that includes then a win in London against Green Bay. Your guys' yeah. thoughts? Okay, Big Ed. Wow. Well, certainly it applies to the label of bold under the circumstances. Yeah. That's funny. I, believe I always those, like I believe the specific those... injury yeah. predictions. Those are great. Week seven, I think this guy's going to trip over himself, and week eight, we'll have a new guy He's in He's actually going to change numbers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, you could have predicted that the last couple of years <laughs> with the injuries. Given the rate, yes. Yeah. And I think if the Giants started 5-0, and that'd be more, that would be more wins in September than they've had in like the last 10 seasons combined, it feels I mean, like, right? Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think the win thing is, is – the, like I said, the big the big thing is going to be getting through this first game with the physicality. If they can get through this first game, if they win this first game and they get through healthy, then they're going to make a little noise. Well, I'll get your take on this, but I think it's a good point because mm-hmm. you know we like to try to figure out metrics with numbers on things, yeah. and fans can look at things. When you say a game is going to be physical, as a player that's in there in the trenches, mm-hmm. and Jeff, this is why I'm not asking you the question. No sense. <laughs> uh, <okay>. I witnessed. <laughs> wow. I uh, yeah, he was a spectator. Yeah, for exactly. Just he had like a good you. vantage point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's the difference, Howard, for a game that is, to to use your words, a very extra physical type of game? Uh, back in the old NFC East, when we played, you could play the Cowboys, and it would be like you know, it's kind of a show game. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of big hits. It was it was okay. Then you would play the Redskins, and it would be like a bloodbath. Like, we always beat them, but it would be like this physical, crazy game. And if you played the Eagles with Reggie White and all those guys, those And guys, Jeff Eagles. Don't yeah, leave Jeff Eagles off physical. that buddy Ryan yeah, team. But, 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 they were so, <laughs> but they were so big and so aggressive that you just had to get through that game. And, like, there are other teams in the league you could play against, and you're like, they just didn't have that style of play. Is it like mental and physical resilience? It, it's or is just it... like, look at Mike Tomlin's Pittsburgh Steelers teams. Look at the Ravens and how they play. Look at the old Seattle Seahawks and the way they were playing for a while. You see teams that beat you up. So is that like playing to the whistle? Is it just being like it's just more physical. violent? Like, or... it's, I have, I can't, like, a team that you wouldn't think of that was never very good and never went to the playoffs or anything that was the most physical team in the league was the old New Orleans Saints team. They were horrible. You, it was just like. Are you talking well, about like the Sam Mills, Pat Swilling? Yeah, team, those? Like yeah, you, yeah, you would come out of the game. Something was aching. You got ice on something. You're riding back on the plane. Oh, great win! Like, yeah, man. Can we uh, can we get the can we get Monday off? Can, can we, <laughs> holy smokes! What was that? Just physical games. Like, it, you know, it could have been anything back in the old days. It could have been the turf or something. But there are some teams that you know when you play them. They're there to beat you up, and it'll last a few more days. Yeah, and it'll last week, a right? few. Yeah, you know, like look when the Patriots, the new formed Patriots, played Tennessee. What does Tennessee say every game? We're going to beat you up. We're coming to beat you up. We're the bullies on the block. We're coming to beat you up, and the players know it. So they got to get all mentally prepared to have a fight, and not like crazy anything, but like afterwards, you're beat up. Have you seen guys check out in games like that? When the other you team take is so a, physical, guys check you out. Can, you could break a guy's sword and make a guy stop. You can make a guy want to stop. And, and you know, if you're playing, if you're that kind of a player and you know that, you can make guys like Harrison from Pittsburgh used to make guys quit. 
Like uh, if you played against a guy that, that would make you quit, you would know it. I made guys quit when I played against him. I didn't say anything to him. I wasn't mean to him or anything like I that. I wasn't mean to him. But like during you said it nicely. No, you, you weren't mean to him, but no. I broke their spirit. You break their spirit. You get they're confused. They're thinking of things that they're not supposed to be thinking of. They're trying to do things they're not supposed to be doing, and it's 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 hard for them. And I'm just saying, like if, if you get guys like that, if you get just one guy like that, it's one thing. If you have a whole team of guys like that. Like, look at Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry stiff arms guys, catches them, throws them to the ground. He might not get but two more yards after that. But that is like your your teammates are like, oh, man, come on back to the huddle, man. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then at the next play, that quarterback has to cover some 4-4 guy. That could be a problem, right? Yeah, you know, you, you, he comes back to the huddle. And like, it's, come here, give, give, put your arm around him. I, I don't want to give you a hug in public. But come on, man. We, we need you. <laughs> <laughs> you get guys that can do that. I can. I played in games with guys throwing up in the tunnel because they had to go out to play the game. Like it, like they were that. It, like physical teams do that to you. Now I don't think they're doing that to the Giants, but the beat up part, it's going to be a physical game. That's cumulative too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just constantly, you know. And before you know, it, you're trying to get that guy to break down. And and there are certain guys you can right. Yeah, Howard. Absolutely. There's guys you know that have you know they're labeled. Hey, do you can get in this guy's head? You can get this guy physically. Um, take them out of their game, and there's some guys you can't do that. Like yeah. I'm thinking, like a Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, you're not gonna get. You're not gonna bring him down. He's gonna do he everything any, to take I, you I don't out think of that he game. He has anything in his head. Though. I was gonna yeah, say. That, well, there he you go. Have so that's, the, that's the skinny on him. That's, <laughs> your, that's your report. <laughs> yeah, but like, you ever heard? These, you hear all the time. You talk about these running backs that every by the fourth quarter they're really strong. Yeah, Eddie George, yeah, Jerome Bettis, those yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, and it's because that offensive line is beating on you every play. The running backs. He's, he's taking two yards. He's taking three yards. He's mm-hmm. taking two yards. He's taking seven yards. He's taking two yards. He's taking 25 yards. He'll run 35 yards, won't go out of the game for a break, and come back in to get two more yards just to hit you one more time. That's the kind of guys that, like, Jesus Christ, can we get this guy a break? <laughs> That's Henry. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, so Derek it takes Henry. a lot to bring him down, too. Yeah, and, 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 and by the way, yeah, and, and, and I think Jeff hit it, and then Lance, you can, you can go mm-hmm. ahead, too. I just think this is fascinating. Uh, for a guy like Henry – how much different is it? I know you're on a defensive side level, but I think you can mm-hmm. give some insight to that. When you have that monster running your butt over, even if it's just for two or three yards, to your point, for three quarters, how much tougher is it in the fourth quarter to, to bring that extra energy when he's still going to prevent that one or those one or two big runs that can backbreak your whole team and then lose the game? Think, think of it this way. You're exerting all your energy to make a play. And if when it's a guy like Henry or a guy like you know blocking Reggie White or something like that, you're exerting everything you have to 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 stop him on that play. I think guys do it against Aaron Donald. And you're like, oh, I got him. And he comes back to the next play. You got to do it all over again. And it's only the first quarter, Yeah, and right? it's only yeah. the first quarter. Now, the fourth <laughs> quarter, you played. And this is if you're only playing like a, a minimum of 45 plays. But if they have a good game, they run 65 to 70 plays, and you're in there, if you're a three-down player, ugh, dude, that's – that's work. And by the way, and, 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 and the thing about the NFL that's tough, right? Let's say it's sixty. Let's say sixty-five plays, right? Yeah. You could be awesome on fifty-seven of them, but those seven bad plays can easily cost you the game and it's cost 50, you twenty points. Look, fifty-seven of them are good if he's running away from you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone he runs towards you. That's a lot. You got this big dude in front of you grabbing and holding you. You're trying to get off him, and the moment you get off him, you you start thinking, you start making career decisions. Do I just stick my arm out there? Career <laughs> decisions, yeah. Business decisions, yeah. Like, like, is that a smart move? Like, do I, I got to get something on him, but 
An arm's not going to be. It's not. It's, it could hurt. So what can I do to make the coaching staff think I'm trying to tackle him, but well, maybe I'm really not like, trying to I would, tackle him? I would. I would tell <laughs> you what brand of laces he had on his shoes. I'd take off every lace. I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he hates that. He hates you tackling him around his feet. Like they, like he, he can't stand it. I stand up. Like, are you kidding me? Look at you. You don't stand up for you. So like, you just got to be smart. Let's <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, to Howard's point, Derrick Henry is also the type of running back. He'll get two yards, three yards, four yards. Then all of a sudden he wears you down, and he picks up a 30-yard run, Mm -hmm. and that could ultimately lead for a touchdown. We've seen that time and time again over the last few seasons. He, as an offensive player, can wear down defensive players, which I think makes him extremely unique. And as far as the stiff arm, there's a notable play. If you remember, Tennessee played Jacksonville a few years back. Derrick Henry, they must have been on maybe like the two or the three-yard line. He runs to his left. He stiff arms a guy, and he runs all the way up the sideline for a touchdown. I think that was a Thursday night game. We've yeah. seen that also tons of times over the course of his career. The, pro- the, the problem – I'm sorry, Jeff. The problem is, is that when you have players like this, like the, the kid in, in, uh, in Indy. Uh, Jonathan you know, Taylor. You have the kid down in um, Tampa. It, it, it's not one guy tackling him. Yep. So that's what I mean by wearing, wearing you down. It takes two or three people to get to him. And, it's and a that's, gang tackle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's every time it's like we're all yeah. jumping in, and you're all jumping in, and you got the offensive lineman pushing against you. It's it's it's, it's silly, but that's that's how you wear guys down. Great that's, that's what I was going to say. You know, for Derrick Henry, you do not want to just keep giving him north and south rushes, right? right? You get him to go laterally a little bit. Now you can get hats on hats and a lot more guys tackling him where you can start to wear him down a little bit. But that's not as easy as you think it is. No. You know, so, I mean, if, there's a, if there is some – kryptonite there I think that's what it is you try to get him to be able to you know that those holes are not there and there's some I think you guys use it all the time I know Carl does mm-hmm. is that gap integrity right yep. you got to play in there and you got to do your job because if you don't he's going to exploit it and then guess what happened now you're up on those linebackers and those safeties and that, that ain't a that guy's six foot three, two hundred and fifty pounds. That ain't any fun. I never tackle guys like that, but I just can't imagine it being much. I look at Brandon Jacobs. I always used to say to myself, "How in God's name is somebody going to tackle this dude?" But man, you hit him low, he went down. Right? <laughs> Can you imagine Brandon Jacobs run turning the punt against Jeff? <laughs> oh, oh heck no! There's not even a chance, oh, man. You I'm, I'm bowing out on that one, man. I'm just telling you, it's, yeah. that ain't happening. You almost okay. made me forget my point. <laughs> Got, well, first of all, I don't even know how to tackle, let alone want to tackle you, a guy you like that. You see Fiegel's like pull, holding the back of his like, oh, my hamstring, Jeez. I can't, I can't. My hamstring, uh, and then he jogs up something. I'm yeah, like, it was but, just a cramp. I'm fine. I can be honest, honest with you guys, yeah. man. That is not my foot. No, no. I'm just so, living with my foot, man. So, That's it. Not so, my head, not my shoulder, nothing else. Just my foot. So, so here's the, And your nine iron. So here's the si- side effect, and this is what, what I mean by wearing down. We've just talked about all the possible you know, changes and avenues for Derek Henry to do all these different things and what it's going to do to the defense and all these different things. And now Tannehill becomes effective. Right, right. Now the passing game starts to look Play different. action pass, right? Like, like mm-hmm. any part of the pass. If you if you look at Derrick Henry, the whole team's like half the coaching staff is running at him. Just dump the ball to somebody. You're getting 10, 20 yeah. yards. You're getting easier plays because all of a sudden you got to overcommit to this guy because it takes more than one of us to tackle him and you start freeing up things. And the moment they see – Okay, who are they bringing up? They got to bring a safety up to get to him to make sure he doesn't get outside. We got to bring the middle linebacker up and get to get the safety down the middle to make sure he doesn't run up the middle. Then you start seeing where the holes are in the passing passing lanes for you to get him. That's what wears it down. Yep, and we've talked about that on this show about how the Giants, on the flip side of this, have to get that running game going because of those things that yeah. you just said, Howard. Because if you can, um, then you, it opens up a lot of 
good things in the passing game with some really guys mm-hmm. that can make some plays. Wondell Robinson and Kadarius Tony, and also Saquon. I mean, these are these are now that you get to a point where you can game plan as the game is going on. You're wearing down this defense by yeah. running the football. Now they got to. You know, this is a, a good point where you can start to and, – and that works in that red zone. And that's where yeah. – I like the one caller he put 24 points on. That's what was happening yeah. in that bold prediction. That's how Absol- they scored 24. Absolutely. And, and the last side effect of it is, if you think about it, is that their defense is always fresh. Yeah. Because those drives, two, in. three yards, three yards, five yards, it's a first down. And their defense is pretty physical yeah. too, by the two way. Two yards, yeah. three yards, five yards, first down. <sighs> Guys, can you give me a Gatorade? Henry's working right now. We'll be out there in a minute. And then it's like the, that. It's it's physical all around, bro. So well, this will be ready. a great test for this Giants defense with new with Wink Martindale wanting to kind of tell everybody and establish the type of defense that they're going to be. And that's and hopefully it's going to be a very physical defense, and that'll match up well with this physical offense. So it'll yeah. be a good test early. I'll yep. tell you that exactly. If they're if they can get free runners into the backfield and making Derek back up go sideways and everything, it will yeah. it will destroy their whole game plan. If they have free runners into the into the yeah. backfield, it will destroy it. Get them in they, second and third and long, right? Second and third and long, Tannehill, you, you, it will it will be a hard day for them. Open a limited time eleven month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union at five point two five percent APY. It's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org/cb for details. Offer expires May thirty first, twenty twenty four. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, 201-939-4513. Let's go to Dan in the Poconos. He's up next. Hey, Dan. What's up, Danny? Hold on one second, fellas. I'm trying to get my phone. It worked for me. Here we go. How you doing? <laughs> we got you loud and clear, Dan. What's up? Oh, not much. It's uh, first time for me to um, being on the same line with Howard. Um, uh, I've been around a while, Howard. I've watched you play, and just want to thank you for all your, all your service for the NYG, you know? I it's appreciate it. I appreciate it. All righty. So let me give you a little bit of my gripes, and you're probably going to think I'm nuts. Uh, well, not for the first one. I just got to, you know, I know the coaches, especially, you know, our new coach, Dable, he, Dable rather, um, you know, they, they got to keep everything to themselves. They don't want to give out the information, you know, day-to-day injuries, this and that, you know, and we, and we get it. But, you know, you know, the thing with Martinez really bugged me because, you know, here's a new guy coming into, you know, meaning Dable, and, he's, you know, he comes into the Giants, and, you know, he's doing his thing and, you know, hoping, you know, doing, you know, going to have a successful team and all. But the one thing about Martinez is, like, we were all shocked, right? It was like, what the hell? Martinez is gone? Did you wave him or they dropped him, whatever? And I couldn't wait to get some kind of explanation. You know, I, I don't say, I like, I know with the injuries, you know, you don't want to give anything away, right? And, and preseason, you don't want to run any plays. You don't want to, you know, you want to keep as much as you can under the vest or whatever the, the saying is. But I thought that the player's gone, right? They cut him. Can't you give us something? Can't you give us something why the guy was gone, you know? And we are all speculate, right? Could be injury. He wasn't up to par, this and that. Not a good fit. But but give us something, you know? I was like, oh, I was just getting so aggravated. Hey, Dan, if you're okay, but, um, I'm going to transfer your call to our Brian Dable interpreter division <laughs> led by Lance Meadow. So, Lance, why don't you take this one? 
Well, no, he didn't provide an awful lot. I mean, it's basically, you know, exactly what Dan is talking about. But I don't think when there's maybe a variety of reasons, Dan, and also the player himself may not want to be here, they'd rather keep that tight-lipped. And they don't want to reveal everything that went on behind closed doors. And you also Lance, don't want to say anything bad about the player that might hurt his chance sure. of getting another job, too. 100%. Right. So, I mean, I think yeah. there's a lot of reasons why. For example, when James Bradbury was released, the Giants, I don't remember them coming out and saying we released him because we couldn't fit him into the salary cap. Nobody in the organization yeah, said right. that. No, they didn't. So, no, you're right. We just I mean, it's really, it. it's no different. Now, it may have been a little bit more obvious why they parted ways with Bradbury, but I don't remember Joe Shane right. or Brian Dable making any specific statement as to why they parted ways with Bradbury. So I really don't see a difference here. Yeah, I guess maybe we'll find out something a little down the line. But, yeah, I don't think you're going to find anything yeah, down, yeah. down the line. I, I, think, the no, way, no. I think coaching is forward. I don't think it's backwards and, and – Organizations run forward. Play, oh yeah, like yeah. Dable's not even thinking about that. Yeah, no, play, play, no. players who get released get released. You know, the great, great players, the the, the best players. Like whole famers few, have gotten released. Fewer, fewer players have retired on their own will than they have been cut or you know or let go or forced out. So, believe me, it's it's not that big of a deal. Uh, it is a big deal for Blake, but it's not a big deal for for the organization because they have to move forward. It told you something at the way way before this happened. They asked him to take a pay cut. They told him that you know, and so that should have told you a little bit about what's happening. As, as a player, you kind of understand that, right, Howard? I mean, if they're coming to you telling you that you know you're not going to be making the money you're going to be making, yeah, that's a that's a yeah. that's a sign. Like so. they, they they all do pay cuts, and like sometimes players will say no. And just like, hey, you know, yeah. you know eat, eat the salary cap. Just eat it. I know a player in particular I was thinking of and said no. And let the team, like, take a, take the hit. Uh, and, like, he just walked away and went to another team. But our players will agree to it. And, like, I heard a long time ago, you know, play for what you want to play for. But if they start to ask you to take a pay cut, start to look for other teams to play for. Yeah. <laughs> so. The other thing is well, Blake you, was not voted really as a captain this season, too, which I thought was another indication on yeah. top of the pay cut. Yeah. I think both of those signs were mm-hmm. little crumbs leading up to ultimately yeah, him going in separate the captain has anything to do with the pay cut. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not indicating that, Howard. I'm saying that's another indication about his place on the roster, maybe, not being as solidified as previous years, considering he was a captain last year. Normally, captains, yeah. if you were last year, more often than not, I'd say your chances are good to at least be in the running to return as a captain. And when that was taken away from him, I thought that was a bit of a red flag. You think that they took the captain away from him? No, meaning him not being voted in as a captain again. I think he hadn't played a lot and hadn't been around the hadn't been around the facility because he was rehabbing his injury. I think that's more of that. That's what that that's where that came from. Dan, you got I anything else for us? Little signs. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just a couple other uh, two two quick comments. Um, I think as every season. I think everyone's just, I mean, I hope everyone's predictions come true. I mean, I want them to go 5-0, and 4-0, and and that last one with Daniel Jones, 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns, and I know that came from our friend out in Minnesota, so I'm not going to say anything bad. I love all of all our Giants callers, but I, I just think everybody loses their freaking mind every spring, and they think, like, you know, what the hell are you guys talking about? Let's, let's hope for a couple of more wins, and maybe we'll improve. But, you know, it's nice to be optimistic, but I think they kind of, you know, it's the same thing every year. It's crazy, right? I mean, <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Appreciate the call. All, look, all I'll say is this, and I'll say this again. When, and I, 
you weren't on the show, Howard, but yesterday, last week, somebody called up on Friday and said, for me, seven wins is the absolute minimum. If they lose, if they, if they win seven games, that is the minimum this team should win. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, it's still three wins more than last year. Like, you have to have, I'm not saying go into a season thing and the team's not going to be good. I'm not suggesting that. But I think given what you've seen from this organization over the last 10 years and their records, I think, and the first year of a new regime, they've cut some veteran players from the roster. They're rebuilding it in the, in the shape and the form that the new regime wants it to be. I think expecting some growing pains is natural. And to go into the season saying, oh, it's playoffs or bust, I think t- people are going into the season with the, with the wrong set of expectations where it should be more about figuring out who your foundational players are, having your really young players play well. At the end of the year, if we get out of this year and you feel really good about your two starting offensive tackles, you feel really good about your two starting edge rushers, you feel really good about a couple of your cornerbacks, your two safeties who are young players, and you think your offensive line is in a really good spot, then you're feeling good, and I'm, and I'm happy with the season regardless of, of the number of wins. And I do think sometimes people, you know, they don't necessarily look at the roster, guys, with the perspective of the rest of the league in mind, where I think every team in the league thinks that they improved a lot from last year to this year with whatever they did in the offseason. So I just think you have to look at it with, with more of a flat line and – I just don't want so many people to be, you know, freaking out and disappointed when they don't hit some of these bold prediction levels of goals that a lot of fans are putting out there. That's all. I, I, I think. I think with you know beyond that, I, I don't know what fans are looking at or, or they they do wins and losses, and I, I get it. I get what you're saying too, John. But just from being around, you know, practice, uh, watching the guys in practice, watching what's been happening, watching uh, the preseason games very closely, and watching what's happening from from an offensive standpoint. I think you know you already see positives with the offensive line. Agreed. Uh, the quarterback can step up in the pocket. Yep. Uh, you stepped up against a couple of first first run defenses. You know their front their front line defenses. I think that's positive. I think that it doesn't look like they're uh, diffusing a bomb when it's third and five. I think that's pretty pretty amazing that's that, good it, point. that that there's something you know positive happening out there. Uh, I thought the defense has played well. A lot of good tackling. They they've gotten to their guys a lot. I thought that was impressive, even from second and third. Groups of guys, uh, I like the way that they've been doing. I, I like the fact that no matter which group of guys it was, that you could run all the blitzes and, they were, and all the and all the dogs and stuff. Agreed. Defense. I'm with you um, on all that, Howard. With you. Uh, I have a question mark in the special teams because I, I thought that that was horrendous during during the preseason, and, and those guys know it. They they know they need to pick it up and, and make some more plays and coverage and stuff. But outside of that, I I saw a lot of positives. I don't know how that translates to wins and losses. I just just don't. Right, exactly, and and that's what I'm saying. I'm looking for progress and improvement, I, you're gonna regardless see, you're, of the wins. But the wins will it, come if it's good enough. Yeah, you're gonna see a tremendous amount of progress, right. you know. And like it, it depends on how many games are gonna be close games. I think close games now the the operations is, yeah. is gonna be cleaner and it's gonna look faster. Uh, the biggest thing that you see in preseason, and I don't know if, if Jeff or or, or or Lance wants to come in on this. They snapped the ball with like 15 seconds left on the clock, and they're out of the huddle with like sure. 25 <laughs> seconds on the clock. Yeah, and, and uh-huh. I think and I think that is a huge, huge. It is, and it's not the speed of or, or, or to run the game faster. It's just the plays in. You get to diagnose the, the defense. Uh, you can see what's going on, and you can snap the ball. Because when you snap the ball inside of five seconds, the defense has their ears pinned back, and they're coming after you. And if they want to shift at the last second, you can't do anything about it because there's no time. When you snap the ball at 15 seconds and a guy moves or shows something that you can check. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the biggest difference in what I saw. And the sometimes, sometimes you have to. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. 
Sometimes you have to snap the ball at five seconds. That's just because the defense isn't giving what you want, right? So, but I mean, to your advantage, you want to get get the play off as quickly as you well, can. Well, so just snapping at five it. seconds is fine. The point is, you want some time before that five second mark to yeah. do what you need to do in terms of. To die well, how many right. times have we see this in the past? Where the clock is going down to three seconds, and they're they, they were, and, and, and the quarterback's not even looking at the <laughs> at the play, play clock, and we're yelling upstairs, <laughs> "Go, go!" <laughs> You're right. No, that used to panic me every time. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, yeah, trust me. I, I have Howard in my ear during the game, and he just goes, six, three, <laughs> one. I said, oh, my God. Lance, please. you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, well, there was that play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last season, if you guys remember when. I think it was Daniel Jones threw the ball to Sterling Shepard. He was short of the first down marker, and they ran that play. Daniel must have snapped the ball with about one second left on the play clock. And it seemed as if they were shuffling personnel in and out. Things just didn't seem crisp and smooth. So the fact that the process of the play was run once again with a little bit more ease during the preseason hopefully is a better indication that the communication between the coordinator, the personnel, and the quarterback won't put them in a precarious spot like that, especially when we're talking about it's a third or a fourth down, and that's the difference between continuing a drive or having to punt the football. Those those possessions add up over the course of a game, and that's how you obviously shoot yourself in the foot. All right, we got two more calls we want to get to you guys. Let's get to them. Let's go to Michael in Texas. He's up next. Hey, Michael. Hello. How's it going, guys? Good. Good. Very good. Hey, I'm a first-time caller. Thank you for calling and listening, Mike. I have been listening for years. I'm, I'm originally from East Stars, New Jersey, but I, I guess the Marine Corps brought me to Texas, and I ended up staying here. I've been here for 30 years now. But thank you for your service. You guys, yes, thank, thank you. you for your service. Without, appreciate that. Without you guys, it's, it's been hard for me to uh, keep up with a lot of giant stuff here in this Cowboys land. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to do that for but you, Michael. What do you got? I have a bold prediction. Okay. I feel pretty good about the team this year. I will say I don't know if this is on on the board or not, but I think Dable is going to be the coach of the year this year. No, that's good. That's two votes now for Dable. Yeah. And obviously, if he's the coach of the year, that means that the Giants will either win nine or ten games. I think we will make the playoffs this year. All right. I like it. Playoffs. I like like it. it. (laughs) I like it. You got anything else, Mike? I, I feel pretty good about the team, guys. I'm, I'm nice to finally get a chance to talk to you guys, and I, I hope I can call back again. Hey, well, always happy to have you, Michael. Appreciate well, we're the call, man. To it. I guarantee you, Michael's talk about being tough. Oh, man. From East Orange to the Marines. Yeah, and to Texas. Yeah, he's he's really tough. He, he's a tough <laughs> dude, man. He's a tough <laughs> dude. Um, all right, let's wrap it up. This man told me he wanted to call and talk to you today, Howard, and I know oh, you've missed him. No. Go ahead. <laughs> Charlie, what's up? Charlie. <laughs> hey, Howard. I got across the bear, Howard. Oh, Lord. Across the bear. <laughs> this is my next podcast. I yeah, the only one that has across the bear here is Howard <laughs> for talking to you, Charlie. Come what on, Charlie. Give me something. <laughs> hey, look. Uh, I think it's – I just don't – why would you get rid of your best tackler, a guy who can tackle – you know, and we cut him, you know, and let him go. And I know it was mutual, but I don't believe it was mutual at all. Okay. But he was forced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, I mean, why would you do that when you're facing Henry? I don't know. Uh, who picked up Blake, by the way? Hey, he'll be playing, man. He'll be in the Raiders or he'll he'll be somewhere. You wait. He'll have a good year, too. Wait, wait, but that's okay. Wait, wait. I don't want to. No, 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 no. I'm not going to beat on you, but I'm just going to say, and I love Blake. Blake's a good kid, like a real good kid. But who picked him up? 
He will be picked up, Howard. He don't will worry. be. They're going to pick him up. Okay. They're going to pick yeah. him up after the first week because, as you know, they don't guarantee the salaries. That's the way people do it, right? So he'll be picked up the second week. Okay. Or, or he could always get signed to the practice squad this week and then get called up too for the game, which is how that happens sometimes yeah. too. Practice yeah. squad. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. And let me let me say about Henry. All right. That we need to have a really good D line rotation. Because if you guys get if they get tired, he's going to run all over you in the fourth quarter. That's why you got to have a great uh, O line. I mean D line rotation. And hopefully, uh, Wink has that for this game, and that will I think that would help slow him down. And I'll tell you one thing: if Flott is have to tackle Henry in the open field, I hope they got a seat for him in the bleachers because that's where he's going to end up. <laughs> Charlie, that's actually one of the funnier lines you've had. That was that's pretty good. good right It'd be kind of like you tackling them, right? Yeah, it won't be like me tackling them. <laughs> Listen, I, I, like I said again, the, the big thing with Henry is you got to get to him early. I think the way Wink's defense is set up is a lot of free runners coming with blitzes, whether it's a run blitz, pass, pass blitz, or whatever. I think free free runners cause you to go sideways instead of north and south, and that's what you really want. You don't want anybody to have a hand on them uh, as they go north and south. And that's going to be the big thing. They can figure out how how to get to the backfield a lot, not necessarily tackle him, just get him going sideways and, you know, keep him going to the sideline. You can ease him out of bounds. As far as the rotation, keep in mind, they only have five defensive linemen on the roster right now, so there's only so much you can rotate. I mean, guys are going to play a lot of snaps if they keep them in. They can bring 55. They might bring Roche up. At least that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, but Roche's not a defensive lineman, though. That's that's my point. My point is they have five defensive linemen on the roster. Yeah, they, yeah, they need more than that. Uh, yeah, but the thing with uh, Henry, don't forget, they throw the they throw the screen pass to this guy sure. too. Yeah. So you know they got to be watching that. And I think you know we're going to be able to move the ball up and down the twenties, you know, between the twenties. But are we going to have the same problem in the red zone? And that's where I think we're going to have the same problem in the red zone. And Gano's going to be kicking field goals. I mean, that's what that's what I see. Why do you think they're going to have problems it? in the red zone, Charlie? Huh? Why do you think Why? they're going to have problems in the red zone? Why? Well, because one thing, Jones and Galladay are not on the same page, and well, he's, a, he's a he's a he's a red zone guy. Tony, I don't even know how long that guy will even play in the game. Uh, if we can if we can run the ball, then we have a good chance of scoring in the red zone. But you know, I, I, I don't know if we can against that so- front. So I'll tell you, Charlie, from just not to cut you off, I'll tell you why you're why don't apologize for that. What I told you, uh, what it looks like (laughs) when you're watching the team, where where the quarterbacks, all three quarterbacks, were able to step into the pass and throw it, right? So being able to step into and throw the ball is a big difference, regardless of who's running the routes. If you can step up and throw the ball, it creates uh, the advantage for the quarterback. Even Tom Brady doesn't like to have his feet stepped on when he's trying to throw the ball. And in so far this preseason and, and from the you know joint practices and everything, the quarterbacks have been able to step up and throw the ball. Charlie, and, we got to run, pal. All right. But, so thanks, man. So that's, that's, the, that's the big thing to answer Charlie's thing. Red zone, middle of the field, coming out of the end zone, being able to step up. That offensive line is playing you know a bit different. If they can stay healthy and have enough guys in rotation for if something goes wrong – or gets my injury, and that's going to be the hugest difference in the team that you'll see right And it's away. a great test against a very good defensive line. I mentioned yeah. Autry Simmons. They yeah. have some really good players yeah, up there. Absolutely. So, real quick, Howard, before you say goodbye, we got about 60 seconds here, literally. 
Paul and I were talking yesterday about whether or not, and we've seen the Patriots do this against teams that run a lot of outside zone like the Rams, right? Mm-hmm, to try mm-hmm, to make mm-hmm. them go really wide on their outside zone plays. Mm-hmm. What do you think about trying to put four men on the line, put six guys in the line of scrimmage and do a six-man front with only either one one off-ball linebacker or two off-ball linebackers, kind of do kind of what the old Bears used to do with that 46? I think what you do is the guys that are playing your edge, actually, is that you, you change their angle a little bit. And you put them wider or? No, no, no. It's not really putting them wider. You just change your angle. So basically what happens with an edge rusher, you're kind of pointing towards the quarterback. So you're playing upfield towards the quarterback. Instead of playing upfield towards the quarterback, play them upfield straight. Oh, okay. So instead of having that 45-degree angle yeah, to the play, offensive lineman, you yeah, play face up on play them a little bit. Play face up a little bit. I got bit. you. Okay. Play, you know, play the same outside shoulder, but play straight up. So when they're playing, they, you know, you're three yards up the field and hold. You know, forcing the ball to bounce deeper to get around you. So that way you're not getting washed out you're of the play. You're not getting washed out I of the play. Okay. It, or, and then if it comes into you, you're cutting it back right into the, to your oncoming guys. And that's how I would do it if I was trying to do it. And if you got guys in the tackles that you're playing against, they love it. I they, think war, because I think they war. think they've accomplished it. Right. They think they've accomplished a great block. You've went three yards. They've got you where they think they need to hold you. You didn't give up any yards going towards the mm-hmm. sideline. You just three yards up the field, yeah. and it causes it causes havoc in in everything because yeah. now the the running back has to bounce instead of running straight down three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Now he has to bounce to five to six yards to get away from the, the guy standing there and to get around the tackles, feet and butt and everything to get deeper. I got you. And it just it spreads. It's that's how you spread the field without adding guys to the to the front. You teach your guys. Okay, hey, look. I, I know we want to get to the quarterback. I know your job is to get to the quarterback, but I need you three and a half yards, three yards up the field. Do not give up any So ground. you're almost two gapping more than one gap. No, right? you, no, 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 no. You play that edge. Okay. Nobody goes outside of you. The rest of the defense is coming down to you, and that should be – in order for him to get get by you, you he has to go it deep – oops, sorry. He has to get deep around you to get around you. I got you. Or – or he's going to try to cut inside of you. When he cuts inside of you, you got 11, not 11, I guess. You got nine guys coming from the inside out to get to him. Makes sense. Jeff, yes, you want something real quick before you say goodbye? Oh, no, real I, fast. I, with those five defensive linemen, I think Ward is a guy that could put his hand in the dirt a little bit too mm-hmm. if he needed him. Because sure. he's a big dude. That's yeah, and, he, and he, he would be able to, to hold up on that three-yard yeah. area that, bam, you're up the field really quick. The tackle's going to be popping off the ball trying to stop you. And you just stand right there. Right. You know, you Hold your ground. Kevin Green to do that really? all the time. Yep. Interesting. Oh, and that's a very yep. similar style defense to what the Giants of, are doing now, Hall too. Hall of so Famer Kevin Green used to do that. I used to think to myself, why is he not moving? What's he doing? You're like, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get rolled up on here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you. Excellent job, Lance, Jeff. This was fun. Howard, great to have you back in the mix. Howard, with us. Sure. Almost every Tuesday, he'll have a Wednesday mixed in here yeah, and there. Because here of his, and there. Because of his golf schedule. Well, it's, it's, I, have, it's complicated. I, have, I have two golf schedules that i got to bounce on. So, <laughs> so stay tuned as we continue with our regular season schedule on Big Blue Kickoff Live every day at 1230. And don't forget, Giants Suites, Giants.com slash Suites, 888-NYG-1925. Giants games, concert, world-class hospitality experience, et cetera, et cetera. Go check it out. For Lance, for Jeff, for Howard, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.